the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of KDOW or its management owners or advertisers and should not be construed as legal tax or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Welcome in, Rob Black. And your money, I'm Rob Black. I grew up loving radio, particularly loving listening to hockey on radio because I was a bit of a lonely child and I kind of identified with hockey players. I don't know why. I thought it was a beautiful game. I grew up playing soccer and it's kind of like soccer on some levels, but on ice, maybe a little bit trickier, if you will. Um, but I love radio and I, I kind of want to invite you at this point in time to forgive me a little bit because some of my tricks in radio I've learned uh, were bad habits. I want to do a show one day, or I used to love the shows where your local morning zoo guys would sit there and pound alcohol and then get a, a test. I love that kind of shtick. I want to do a show one day on everything I own. I want to do different types of financial shows. I got to be kind of careful that I don't break the law or anything like that. Um, but that's kind of where I'm thinking at this point in time. So, how are you doing? One of the things that I want to come back to, and I'm kind of doing a, a show on duress right now because the quality is so bad. I'm calling in on a phone line. That's weird. We're going to get it fixed. It's going to get better. But I want to go back and just remind you a couple of things that you have to do because during COVID, we got a little bit too caught up on um, how are we doing? Where can we be? Where should we be? How do we not lose more money? But let's not forget, number one, you have to have some goals. Um, I am in my 50s, early 50s, just turned 50-ish. I don't even want to say it out loud. Um, so I know that I've got 9 to 14 more years, most left of good years of work. I've got enough I could retire. I'm happy about that. I'm stoked. I made a goal when I was 18 that I wanted a million dollars by the time I retired. I didn't say it was 60 or 65 or 70. I just had a goal. As I've gotten older, that was silly because also I wanted a, a second home. I wanted somewhere where the kids can visit as I got older. I wanted something for the kids. So your goals change, but you got to start with goals. And some of the biggest goals in your life, a house, let's just say it's going to cost anywhere from 400000 to a million dollars. And you don't got that in your bank account. That's a goal. What else is a goal? Paying for your kids' college? Yes. How about paying for your kids age 0 to 17? College is going to be about 250000 Maybe COVID is going to be the great equalizer and lower the price of colleges. Uh, there's some colleges that aren't financially prepared to continue to rake you. I said rake. Um, rake you over the cold and, and get every dollar out of you they can. If you don't love your kid, then you have to send them to college. and like, it's, it's pressure. But you have big goals that cost big money. I don't want a nice car. I want a functional car. I got a truck. Um, and I don't have a gun rack or anything like that before you jump to those weird conclusions. But you have to have goals. And then you have to learn three things. Like um, 
the ability to earn income, the ability to save while spending, and the ability to invest. Those are the three principles of money in my head that I want to share with you. I don't think you need to know strong dollar, weak dollar. I don't think you need to know inflation at 2.6% or 2.2%. We can generalize that and say, yeah, kind of want inflation between 2 to 4%. Eh. You want some wage inflation to go with some of the cost inflation, and it's okay. You don't want one going crazy up and one going crazy down. So I want you to save better. I want you to spend better. Um, and I want you to look at your subscriptions when this is all said and done. One of the things with COVID-19 that I've gotten into is Instacart. Uh, I don't like going grocery shopping. I don't like lines. I don't like people at grocery stores. I find it to be rude. I find people to be angry at each other. It, it feels like a combat scenario to me. So I'm like, I can have someone go pick that up for me. That's fine. <laughs> I'm good with that. But that's $99 a year. $99 a year on the wall. So, and that's okay. I'm okay with that. I've got the, the disposable income. If I didn't, my butt would be down there myself buying it because I would be saving money. But again, my time is worth money. My health is worth money. You get the idea, right? But when COVID's all said and done, I'm going to look, did I, did I sign up for Apple Arcade at five bucks a month? Did I sign up for Showtime? Is there anything else other than Instacart that I signed up for? I could already think of three, three subscriptions I signed up for. And I'm not saying COVID's winding down, because I'm not saying that, but when it does wind down, I need to remember, because that's going to be money down in the poop hole. So, and I don't want to do that. So you have goals, you understand earning, saving, reviewing your budget. A budget's a good thing. Now, here's the kicker with a budget, with a, if, you're, if you're by yourself, don't spend more than you make. That's pretty obvious. And factor in saving 15%, and you're okay, I don't care what you do. If you can save 15% of your salary, I'm okay if you do some financially stupid stuff. I get it. I get it. New shoes or new shoes. Um, I don't care about new shoes. Maybe you do. So going through this, yesterday I made a very fine point. I'm going to make it one more time. The S&P 500 closed an all-time high yesterday. You need to stop this stupid stuff that your uncle put in your head that Wall Street's a game. You need to stop this stupid stuff that you can't do it. Because you could put a dollar in uh, S&P fund in, in Robinhood, and you could have gone through the COVID issue, and you would have been right back to your dollar, dollar two cents, dollar three cents. You would have made money. I'm tired of hearing people go negative on the stock market. Do I think it's crazy? Yeah. Like when I hear uh, Biden say yesterday, uh, part of his plan to help spend more money in the economy is going to be going after companies like Amazon. Ten years ago, I would have said, you're ludicrous. You don't dare go after them. That's capitalism. They earned it. They deserved it. Just because you didn't do it, don't be, don't be hating the players. But now there is something to be said. That the mega cap companies, where do we tax them? Uh, do we tax them on stock appreciation? Do we tax them on the owner who's the second richest man in the world? Where do you tax them? Good question. And I don't have the answers. I'm not a politician. I could say this. I expect taxes to be higher in the future. I expect Social Security to be, how shall we like, say, less fruitful. And because of that, I want to save more money. Target reported a monster quarter. Profits jumped 80%. Same store sales set a record. They've benefited from COVID, as has any online retailer who was ready for the business. 
or who was trying to compete with Amazon in the first place, Target and Walmart has had billions of dollars put into the infrastructure, and it paid off. When push came to shove, they were ready. Zoom's coming to Facebook's video chat device. They've got something called Portal. And Facebook is trying to do their own video conferencing. But in the meantime, it's important that if you want to become a standard, that you open up to other players. And Zoom is kind of the standard right now. Facebook announced that video conferencing apps headlined by Zoom will now be working on their uh, portal device. So there's also some GoToMeeting, WebEx, uh, BlueJeans. I've never heard of BlueJeans, but they're a video conferencing app. Good for Facebook. That's actually a, a smart thing by them, in my opinion. Samsung's Galaxy Note 20 Ultra is a huge 5G phone, um, and it does everything. I was looking at Samsung's R&D budget versus Apple's R&D budget, and I was surprised on a percentage of revenue Samsung was thumping Apple. Come on, Apple. Don't fall behind on innovation. Find me online at newfocusfinancial.com. Want the podcast with music? Find the link to the other version of the podcast by going to Rob Black's Twitter. His handle is at Rob Black Show. Listen to Rob Black and Your Money weekday mornings, 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. Welcome back in. Rob Black and Your Money. Coming up, I've got the one, the only briefing.com coming on the show with Patrick O'Hare. That'll be in the next segment. Uh, Thanks for putting up with my audio difficulties. My parent media company that I work with kind of ran into some problems, to say the least. Um, So we've kind of had to disconnect, and we're doing some new audio. But you'll put up with it, and I'll appreciate it, and we'll move on. Um, COVID-19 in the economy. S&P 500 yesterday is an all-time high. That's nice to see. It shouldn't be a trophy for you. It should be a, okay, now I get it. On to the next battle. But on occasion, it is kind of nice to celebrate some of your wins, so to speak. Um, and you should, but don't get too caught up in it. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money investing and more. One of the things I was talking about this hour is you should have goals. I forget to do a lot of the basics of this show when we're caught up in the 40% correction of bear market. I want to be there for you in the best possible way. And one of the best possible ways for me to be there for you at this point in time is to say, okay, have an emergency fund. Did we not learn that? When things shut down and you weren't able to go to work, was an emergency fund not kind of a positive? So it probably was. So don't be shy about having an emergency fund, but don't touch it. Yesterday, I was talking with a financial planner, and he's like, you got a lot of cash. I'm like, yeah, I know. Let's get an online bank and store it there for the short term, just in case I want to, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I just, let's just do, a, let's do an online bank. So we basically put it in something that's earning about 90 basis points, not even 1% in the bank. That's been the problem in the last 10, 15 years. As the Federal Reserve has lowered interest rates to fight terrorism in 9-11, to fight economic slowdown, to fight housing crashes, to fight banks running out of money, as they lower the interest rate, you know who's been hurt? Grandpa and grandma. 
because they used to go, oh, Sonny, I, 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 I'm going to go down to the bank and get a CD. And you're like, you're going to get a compact disc? Cool. Now, a certificate of deposit. And that used to be a good way of making money. If you had enough to last till the day you die, and if you didn't want it to be exposed to up and down movements in the market, a CD you would buy for one year and get 2%. Or you could buy a two-year and get two and a quarter percent. Or you could buy a three-year CD and get 3%. Those are made-up numbers, but you get the idea. And what a lot of people would do is they would ladder that income. So every year as income came to fruition, they could roll it back into a longer maturity so it continues to spin out the dividend. And that was a nice strategy, but that hasn't really worked in 10 years when we're talking about interest rates under 3%. Like that's not, that's not good for old people. Old people who saved enough, old people who didn't speculate, old people who had just enough. Hey, can we get a party celebration ready? Apple just became the first U.S. company to reach a $2 trillion market cap. Woo! Okay, not much of a party, right? But what's amazing about it is, when I was young man, I'd say, there will never be a company worth a trillion dollars. It took them two years to go from one trillion to two trillion. Um, wow, Apple first reached $1 trillion worth. If you had a trillion dollars, you could buy Apple, and you could say, I'm going to throw all these phones off of a bridge. And you probably couldn't do it for a trillion, but you get the idea. Um, it didn't take long for other tech giants to follow in the footsteps of Apple to that trillion. Amazon's done it, Microsoft's done it, Alphabet's done it. And those are the four horsemen of tech. And those are the four tech plays right now that are benefiting from back to school. They're benefiting from an upgrade cycle to 5G. They're benefiting, like, this is pretty much so a no-brainer. Amazon's benefiting from COVID, but they were benefiting from it before that. I told you the best day in my life was when you could pay at the pump. I used to have to go into a gas station, stand in line with the average people of the world, and they would cough. And they would talk to me, and I'd be like, please don't talk to me. No eye contact. I'm Ellen DeGeneres' cousin. No eye contact. No eye contact. And when you could pay at the pump, I was like, stoked. But Amazon took paying at the pump times a bazillion, right? All these companies fulfill what Rob Black wants, to be cool. This Apple has surpassed the state oil giant Saudi Aramco to become the world's most valuable publicly traded company. Um... I'm a little leery on that one. Saudi Aramco. They were a state owned and operated business that has come public. And I don't quite trust it. And that's just me with crazy biases. That's just me with crazy prejudices. And is it because the color of their skin? Is it because they're from the Middle East? And every TV show and movie would have a a made up fictional country from the Middle East. And I'm like, maybe I grew to like, I don't know. Good God, I just saw this. Apple shares are up 59% year to date. Okay, I'm going to change the topic because I'm talking too much Apple at this point in time. And I own shares of Apple, and it feels like I'm front-running it. I'm trying not to. Um, There's a big debate right now about companies like Alibaba and TikTok. Now, TikTok is 
essentially a Chinese company. And we are hearing through the media, through the PR sources, that we can't trust the Chinese. Two years ago, when we were trying to come out with a trade deal to help stimulate the economy into the election, we love the Chinese. Like, you can buy all our soybeans you want to buy because you're our good friends. And now we're like, we don't trust them. The narrative has changed a bit. So for me, the narrative has changed for everything that's Chinese, not Chinese, the Chinese stocks. Uh, because I don't trust that the president, or I don't trust that, uh, and you know who could be caught up in this down the road is Apple. They've got a lot of business they do in, in China. But I don't trust the relationship that they're not going to, you know, escalate with each other. So would I like to own Alibaba? Maybe. But I won't. Would I like to own Tencent because they got Fortnite? Maybe. But I won't. You get the idea. Target reported a monster quarter. As did Home Depot, as did Lowe's. It's not all an Amazon game. You can find me online at robblackshow.com. Catch Rob Black and Rob Black and Your Money live on the Bay Area Airwaves. Weekday mornings from 7 to 9 on AM 1220 KDOW. And streaming live on the KDOW radio app or KDOW.biz. Welcome back in. I'm proud and happy to say joining me. Right now, Patrick O'Hara from briefing.com. Right, uh, Patrick O'Hara. I kind of want to warn you a little bit, Patrick, because you're out of market, that our audio is a little underwhelming right now because we've kind of had a cyber attack and we're kind of rebuilding everything back up at the company. But it's good to have you. How are you doing, sir? Good morning, Rob. I'm doing well, thank you. And uh, I've been duly warned. <clears throat> duly warned. Uh, duly warn us about the upcoming stock market crash or pullback or anything because I was talking with my CFP yesterday and he goes, you got a lot of cash. Where do you want to put it? I'm like, in a pullback was the right answer. And he goes, me too, but we're not getting one. What do you want to do? Um, Are we due for a pullback or what's your thoughts on the current stock market? Because it's been a a stunning year for the S&P 500 and for the NASDAQ in face of COVID and an economic shutdown. Well, the, yeah, you know, I don't think it's a stretch to say that, you know, we're due for a pullback. Um, you've seen the S&P 500 move at 55% off of its March low in a span of uh, less than six months. And, you know, typically anyway, as you hit a new high, it's not, you know, it's not unusual to see then a, a drawdown as that kind of becomes a uh, a self-fulfilling uh, conclusion and that you see a tendency to take some profits. And so you could get a pullback here in the near term. Um, the question is, you know, is how much? And the way the, the behavior of this market is, is that it doesn't really uh, fear much of a pullback. Even if we drop five, six percent or so, uh, there's a ready willingness to buy on this weakness um, because uh, traders, investors, have all been conditioned to expect the market to, to kind of keep climbing on these buy on these pullbacks, um, and they're uh, finding that faith uh, in that uh, proposition uh, because of what you know the Fed Fed's done to provide liquidity to the market, and and because you have these uh, ongoing pledges to provide more support if necessary, both on the monetary and the fiscal side, and so. You know, the market is certainly um, riding a very favorable trend right here, and uh, the trend is one's friend and until it isn't, and there hasn't been anything to really uh, upset the trading trend uh, for the market yet. 
Now, I know you have some younger people in your family, children, as do I. And I kind of wanted our, our bear market to last a little bit longer this spring. And I know that's a horrible thing to say out loud. But I kind of wanted them to see that it's not always great and that dad actually has to do hard work to, to figure out moves and ideas and investment angles. Um, was the correction too short? Did we not learn anything, in your opinion? Because we're sitting at all-time highs on the S&P 500. And yes, the economy, it's not great. It's great compared to a month ago. It's great compared to two months ago. But it's not good on a year-over-year basis. Um, do we need bigger corrections? Do we need more sideways actions to kind of take the game out of the investment world? Yeah. Well, I think, you know, some lateral consolidation might be what you do see, um, uh, you know, leading up into the election. Um, We've we've had the recovery right within the stock market anyway from the covid crash. You know, we're back. Um, But, you know, there's a lot. There are a lot of, you know, real hard issues out there that have yet to be solved, uh, you know, economically speaking. And, um, you know, I don't think it's, you know, stretched by any imagination to say that, you know, the easy money has been made off of this uh, March low. Uh, but now, um, you know, you've got a, a market trading, you know, at a historically high PE multiple. But then again, you have a discount rate that's historically low. So, um, so there are, uh, you know, some issues there that can kind of run some interference here, certainly as we get closer to the election and, and what's going to be a very contentious election period. Um, so lateral consolidation is probably, a, you know, a possibility that's going to come, come to light here. Um, but, um, you know, it is, it, it is difficult, you know, right now to kind of like figure out uh, exactly where you want to put your money after such a strong run, because a lot of things are that have moved so much, you know, are certainly what could be considered crowded positions. Okay. That's like crowded. Like everyone knows the name and it's no secret. And a lot of investors are in it. Warren Buffett, the greatest value investor of all time, the greatest investor of all time. Um, half of Berkshire Hathaway is made up in Apple at this point in time. And they, does that make you feel like these are strange times or is he just that smart of a guy? Um, because that's not the Warren Buffett that I knew from the 1990s, but it's the 21st century Warren Buffett and Berkshire Hathaway. And I kind of dig it and give him a big thumbs up. But then again, I see so much of his wealth is concentrated in one name and I'm guilty of that too. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, kind of as we speak, I think Apple, you know, might have hit $2 trillion market capitalization or is really just, you know, right on as a whisker away from it. Um, you know, I, I think part of that, though, too, uh, Rob, might just be a, a nod to, uh, um, you know, turning things over somewhat to, to new investment managers at, at Berkshire Hathaway, which, you know, who have done you know a very good job. Um, kind of passing of the torch, if you will, and and you know, and they've they've embraced the the the, the potential of Apple and and have been very successful in that. Um, obviously, with that investment, so uh, but it does just make you take a step back when you see a company with a two a two trillion dollar market capitalization, one company that uh, effectively is almost worth as much as the entire Russell two thousand. Uh, and you do have to wonder, you know, just how much further it can go um, um, or or by the same token, 
where other opportunity you know lies at this point um you know because there has been this is one of those stocks that is is definitely crowded um and there's concentration risk there and so you do have to wonder if perhaps um you know that a stock like apple um, you know, might be prone to more of a, a correction here, certainly in, in the short term, but, uh, but it's been remarkably resilient and, um, um, and obviously very profitable for, for Berkshire Hathaway, as, as well as many, many other investors uh, across the entire gamut from a retail investor right up to, a, you know, a professional manager. Is there anything that you're looking at right now that it's kind of like your go-to metric. For me, I still look at the 10-year treasury, and I just remind myself, money's cheap. That's a positive for stocks and valuations. It's a positive for me. I've refinanced my mortgages as money got cheaper and cheaper and cheaper through the years. So my cash flow has been improved by the drama in the economy causing the 10-year treasury to collapse and causing mortgage money to become cheap. Um, is there anything that you're looking at that makes you feel good about the stock market? Because the 10-year treasury, it, I'm not going to say it makes me feel good, but it kind of justifies that I can still stay 80, 90, 95% invested at a time like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I keep coming back to this idea, Rob, that, you know, if we look at, you know, the, you know why why is the stock market rallied so much? And, and you know, it, it basically boils down to this idea that, you um, uh, that that things are going to get better, you know, that you're going to see a massive earnings recovery uh, once we have a safe and effective vaccine. Uh, and, and, and really, there's just, you know, this market has no fear of anything bad happening, and, and it's really clinging to this recovery uh, thesis. Okay, that's all well and good. And, and you know, it's obviously been uh, kind of hedging a little bit for that in that it's been focused, you know, it's been piling into these mega cap companies, right, which have carried the market. But if there's a true embrace of this recovery thesis, then it would seemingly make sense at this point then to then turn one's attention to some of those areas that have not performed as well, you know, moving more into the value uh, component of the market, um, more into small caps, because if there's a really strong belief that the U.S. is economic recovery is going to come back in spades and that earnings are going to really rebound strongly, then because of this concentration risk we've talked about today and some of these large mega cap names, well, uh, it would seem to me that there'd be some opportunity there for the investment-minded individual in these, you know, value sectors that have have, have trailed, the, the you know, the growth stocks by miles, not only this year, but for, for many years now. <laughs> Wrapping things up, as we've got about two minutes left in the segment, is there anything that you're looking at that you want to share and kind of take my questions away from me and kind of give you the microphone and let's see where you go with it, Mr. O'Hare? <laughs> well, uh, I was on vacation last week, just kind of unplugged, uh, which was which was a good thing and um, it was nice to do. And so I'm kind of still getting my my bearings still here with with the market now um, coming into this week, but. Uh, I was actually, you know, looking at the idea of, of you know, crowded trades, right? Um, starting to hear more things get crowded, you know, not just the mega cap stocks, but you're hearing about how it's a crowded position being, you know, long the euro and short the dollar. Um, uh, holding gold is becoming, you know, a, a crowded trade. So, um, so a lot of things are, you know, you, you have a market that's just driven by momentum. And so you have to be a little bit concerned when there's such 
a concentration in those names. And so, you know, probably looking at a piece more that's oriented toward, um, you know, where other opportunities do exist. If you're looking to kind of uh, diversify away from those crowded trades, uh, you know, with the idea of trying to find, you know, better return potential in uh, at this juncture, given how far we've come in, in such a short amount of time. Sounds good. Thank you for being with us, Mr. O'Hare. I will cut it short so I can work on the audio a little bit, and I will talk to you next week. I did miss you last week because uh, your insights during time of COVID and investing are just as good as it is when markets are hitting all-time highs and things are going great. So thank you so much. Uh, people can find you at briefing.com. Briefing.com is a great source, a reliable source is probably how I should say it for domestic and international news on the stocks that you, you follow and the economy and, and much, much more. Um, I use it every single day. I've used it every single day for over 20 years in the market. They don't pay me to say that. Um, it's- don't forget, there's another hour of today's show to listen to. Find it now at kdow.biz or on the KDOW radio app. I've got a child the in school. I think that everyone kind of knows that. Maybe I have two, maybe I have three, but there's secrets I just won't tell. Um, but... It's better this year than last year at online. And that's the difference of three months when teachers and the school systems had a little bit more time to figure things out. They did a good job. Uh, what I, I won't talk about like quality of learning because I really don't know that kind of stuff. Uh, so I don't talk about it. But I will say I see Google everywhere right now. And I ordered another MacBook because I want my MacBook to be my MacBook. So the back of school I'm seeing is still with the big tech guy. And, and I almost want to say good for them. The schooling system is getting better. And for instance, I saw uh, four teachers. They teach like fourth grade. And they all got together and they all did this video. And it's kind of awesome. Whereas last year they're like, is the camera on? I don't know if the camera's on. And I'm talking last year, I'm talking three months ago. So Google Classroom is one of the standards out there right now. I guarantee, I'm not going to guarantee this. I would bet a dollar for a dime that companies like Microsoft and Apple have teams right now that are saying, distance learning, we still want to focus on this because we think this is going to become a, a more real thing over time. And I think they'll be well positioned. Do you remember when you were a child and you were in elementary school and I think every school did this, where you had to bring home Campbell's soup labels from home and bring them to school. And if you brought in a hundred, your class got a ice cream party. But those soup labels were used to buy computer equipment from Apple. And then I started using apples when I was in third grade, fourth grade, fifth grade. Now these were the um, the computers, and they I. I they were okay. I never have thought, and this is a controversial statement coming in three, two. I never thought that Apple was, their operating system was better than Microsoft. And to this day, I still don't feel that. But I do feel the quality of the build and the ecosystem. And their software, I'm testing out their new operating system right now for the Mac as well as for the phone. It's a nice improvement. It, it, it looks nicer. It seems to run a little faster. It seems to conserve batter a little bit better. Um, things are a little bit more organized. Have you ever been in love with someone and they're like, they've got like 400 apps on their phone and you're like, why do you have 400 apps on your phone? 
Well, those apps are now kind of automatically jibbing and jibing and, and finding their own place better. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. The story is right now crowded trade. I'm going to reuse what we just learned from Patrick O'Hare. That's what's working on Wall Street. Alphabet, Amazon, Microsoft, Apple, Facebook, Tesla, Netflix. If you own all those in Robinhood, if you own all those in your 401k, if you, own, if you work for those companies and you've got stock options, you're probably one of the wealthiest people you know. The Robinhood people, I'm comparing you to other Robinhood people. The stock option people, I'm comparing you to other stock option people. And the 401k investors like me, I'm comparing myself to 401k investors. I have a lot of those names because I use a lot of those names. I wanted to own a Tesla, but I never bought a Tesla and I never bought Tesla shares. And I'm like, dang it, I wanted to own it. It's like, I want to own Apple and I own Apple. I wanted to own an Apple phone. And my next phone's going to be an Apple phone. And Amazon yesterday, I, I spent $500 on some back to school stuff and it'll be there in two days. Or maybe not if it's coming through the postal service. And then we ask the big question of what, what, what? What's going on with the post service? What it takes two weeks to send a letter across the country? I'm like, I could hire a horse and get it across the country faster. Well, maybe not, but you get the idea. So the big question that keeps coming round, round, you spin me right round, round, baby, right round. Why are stocks at record highs during a recession? That's a good question. The U.S. economy is in one of the sharpest economic downturns since the Great Depression, yet the stock market reached a new record high. And it's a lot of stimulus. It's a lot of promise of stimulus and a lot of spending of stimulus that we already have gotten. There's going to be a lull now. Congress and the president playing a bit of a game of uh, Russian roulette of, let's say, a blink or chicken. Chicken's probably a better one to say. We There should be another gap down right here right now. But again, people like me are spending money on computers for school and internet. Get this. Holy mackerel. I had to call Comcast and suddenly I've got uh, two internet accounts essentially in two different locations. I'm like, I need the fastest speeds possible. Why? Because this spring and summer I've done the show through an internet connection that's not dedicated essentially through Skype. And when I'm on Skype, I need it to be focusing in on me because I'm kind of a big deal. I have a radio show. I do a TV work in a big city in the United States. I, 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 people know me. I've got many, many, many leather-bound books that smell of rich mahogany. I have to. In my head, I have to. And I don't know the difference between 400 meg download and one gig. It sounds like double. But I don't know if, like, if the kids are doing their... Video conferencing with the teachers. Oh, that's a big thing that changes here. You have to be online at 9, 15, 9 o'clock, and the teacher has to see you. Otherwise, you skip school. And you have to come on at 2.15 or 2.30 and say, bye, have a nice day, I'm going home, even though you're home, or that counts as being a truant. I know you're saying, good use of the word truant. <laughs> I know, right? Kind of a big deal. But yeah, we're spending still, and again, I don't want to spend an extra 30 bucks or 20 bucks a month on internet because that comes out to $400 a year. And then I'm like, I could have saved that money and invested it. And one day when I'm 93 and I'm eating something horrible, um, maybe I wish I had that $400.
Anyhow, thank you so much for listening. Thank you for being a patron of this show. Thank you for telling other people about this show. It is appreciated. Congratulations if you've stayed invested. Now, again, you still got to figure out what you're going to do next, but congratulations. The S&P 500 has roared back, as has the NASDAQ. You can find me online at newfocusfinancial.com.